When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. If you haven't, go subscribe there. Uh, With your email, you'll simply get a 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, Great little study guide, great little review if you've been in practice for a while. Um, And I highlight some of the most important things that I actually see uh, in clinical practice. I know it's hard sometimes to get uh, relevant information when you look at uh, drug information handbooks and things like that. So again, uh, go check that free resource out. Uh, you'll simply get it uh, for providing an email and we'll obviously get you updates when we've got uh, new podcasts and, and other content out available as well. So uh, let's w- get into the drug of the day today. Uh, that is rosuvastatin or Crestor. Um, I wanted to follow up after the previous episode with atorvastatin. I thought it might be an easy thing to do uh, if you're studying, preparing for you know cardiovascular topics, exams, um, boards, that type of thing. Um, kind of keeping these these podcasts together a little bit. So, uh, with that said, rosuvastatin, brand name Crestor. Uh, it is a statin medication, and it lowers cholesterol. Classification is an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. And again, that's the enzyme that really um, controls the speed or controls the process um, primarily of that production of cholesterol. Uh, Ultimately, uh, what are we managing? Uh, By lowering cholesterol, we're reducing uh, risk for like atherosclerosis, Um, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes. We're trying to prevent those things uh, basically by lowering cholesterol. All right, so let's talk about some differences potentially uh, with other statins. Uh, Rosuvastatin is uh, one of the most potent statins, um, by potent basically meaning that you're going to get more bang for your buck. There's going to be a larger reduction in LDL uh, compared to to most other agents. And indeed, rosuvastatin, there's low intensity, moderate intensity, and high intensity. Rosuvastatin being potent, we can get to the high intensity level for its cholesterol-lowering effects. And that's considered at less than, or excuse me, more than a 50% reduction uh, in LDL. Uh, but it's important to note that it is uh, based upon a target dose. So that high-intensity reduction, um, you're generally going to need a dose of 20 milligrams of rosuvastatin um, up to 40 milligrams, which 40 milligrams is the uh, uh, generally recommended maximum dose for rosuvastatin. Uh, I will say in clinical practice, um, I see these dosages all the time, 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams. Um, I would say probably 40 milligrams if, if patients are in that high-intensity category where they're at high risk for cardiovascular issues. 
um, I will say I probably see 40 milligrams of rosuvastatin uh, used more often than 20. Rosuvastatin is a hydrophilic statin. So breaking that word down, it's a, it's water-loving basically, um, and that differs quite a bit from many of the other statins that are mostly lipophilic. So most of the statins are lipophilic. Uh, rosuvastatin is actually hydrophilic. Pravastatin is the other one uh, that is also uh, hydrophilic there. So from a clinical perspective, what does this mean? Uh, I think I alluded to it previously a little bit in the atorvastatin podcast, but if you have a patient that started atorvastatin, you might want to switch them. If they didn't tolerate that lipophilic statin, you might want to switch them to a hydrophilic statin. Um, in my clinical practice, that's most commonly where that bit of knowledge is used. Um, basically, just recognizing that uh, we might have a potential lower incidence of side effect by giving uh, a different uh, drug with a different felicity, whether that's uh, hydro, water, or lipo, which is basically lipids or fat-loving um, type of, of medication. So uh, that's where you can potentially use that info clinically. Um, if a patient is not tolerating their statin, um, depending upon the severity of the reaction, of course, you've got to judge that clinically, um, you might consider trying a, a different one there. Uh, monitoring parameters I wanted to, to mention, of course, and this is going to be in general, basically with all statins, uh, we're going to monitor lipids, okay? And one important thing I, I think that I want to emphasize, just from my experience in practice, when you have a patient that's been otherwise stable um, with their lipid levels and they're on a statin medication doing well, and you all of a sudden see a spike or a jump in cholesterol levels, uh, one of the first things you should think about is uh, non-adherence. You know, did they not take it for a period of time? Do they feel like they're now all of a sudden having side effects and they quit taking it? So um, that's why monitoring those lipid levels are important because I, I have seen definitely patients that have been stable, have done well, and all of a sudden they stop taking it for whatever reason, whether they think it's a side effect or whether you know, something else wacky is actually going on, or they're just tired of, of taking pills, which happens to people uh, sometimes as well. But uh, critical to recognize that a big change in lipid levels um, could be indicative of an adherence issue. And, that, and that's the first place uh, that I normally look or try to uh, investigate. And certainly we can ask the patient. They may be forthright with you. They may not be. Um, another really good place to check on this is um, just checking the pharmacy records. You know, are they actually um, getting it filled? So calling their pharmacy and, and getting that figured out. Um, really, really important to try to figure out why they stopped taking it, if they stopped taking it. Um, and if they are taking it faithfully and you have no reason not to believe them, then, you know, we've we've got to try to figure out what else is, is going on with that patient. So, again, lipid monitoring periodically, really important. Um, LFTs and CPK, those two are, are typically going to be checked as clinically indicated. So if a patient has signs of potential hepatic issues like jaundice, for example, yellowing of the skin, um, or issues with elevated CPK. So 
symptoms that you might see there is risk of rhabdomyolysis, so like myopathy, muscle soreness, um, that might prompt you uh, to check a CPK and make sure everything is okay there. So that's kind of the the gist of um, monitoring parameters there. Uh, pregnancy alert. Um, I talked about that a little bit in the atorvastatin podcast, so I'll, I'll let you go back there and, and listen to that if you want to um, um, catch that somewhat recent update here in, in 2021. Uh, administration. Administration. Uh, it does have a longer half-life compared to a lot of the other statins that have a short half-life. So any time of the day uh, is generally going to be fine with rosuvastatin. Uh, adverse effect profile, you know, I mentioned myopathy, liver risk, um, rhabdomyolysis. So liver risk, rhabdomyolysis, extremely rare um, and generally something that uh, I I don't worry about much, but if patients are reporting symptoms of those potential issues and uh, recently changed, uh, started a statin, anything like that, you, you definitely have to uh, take that seriously because there's there's absolutely reports of, of that happening for sure. Uh, also, uh, pay attention in our geriatric folks. Sometimes muscle achiness and things can be attributed to a lot of other things. Um, and we got to make sure that the statin actually isn't causing that. And it, it certainly could be due to other things as well. Um, but it's definitely something to, to think about and keep in the back of your mind, uh, patients that are, are having a lot of trouble with, with aches and pains, uh, that you really can't associate to anything else. Um, let's make sure that, that we're not causing more harm than good, uh, with our statin therapy there. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, definitely go check out meded101.com store, S-T-O-R-E. I've got a growing list of, of resources, including a recent pra- practice exam that's been released uh, for the psychiatric exam. Uh, also, the medication therapy management uh, certification exam, uh, we can definitely help you uh, get prepared to pass that exam. So uh, go check out all those resources. If you're a student, we've got NAPLEX content. Uh, and then, of course, if you're another healthcare professional listening to this, um, we've got resources for nurses, physicians, nurse practitioners on case studies, drug interactions, uh, drug food interactions was a recent resource we put together. Um, lots of different uh, opportunities for you to expand uh, your medication knowledge base. So uh, go support the sponsor. Any purchases uh, through meded101.com slash store uh, goes to uh, directly support the podcast here. All right, so let's finish up with those drug interactions. And one of the Big advantages, or a, I would say a significant advantage of rosuvastatin versus atorvastatin, is uh, we're going to have less uh, SIP enzyme interactions with rosuvastatin. So that is definitely a nice thing not to have to uh, worry about with rosuvastatin compared to a drug like atorvastatin. Uh, however, there are some things that you, you definitely need to, to look out for. Um, fibrates, certainly. Uh, I mentioned, I think, those in with the atorvastatin podcast as well. 
uh, daptomycin, niacin, those can all increase uh, the risk for rhabdomyolysis. So starting making changes, increasing dosages, uh, pay attention and, and keep an eye out for increased muscle pain, soreness, uh, any signs that, that may be indicative uh, of rhabdomyolysis. Uh, one other one I wanted to mention um, that's an herbal supplement or an over-the-counter supplement is red yeast rice uh, that has a potential statin component within that supplement. So uh, in essence, you're basically doubling up or could be to a certain extent um, getting a little bit of a double dose of, of statin there. So that could certainly um, increase your risk for those rare things to happen like rhabdomyolysis or liver issues uh, and so on and so forth. So that is definitely one uh, kind of, you know, nutritional supplement, alternative therapy uh, to pay attention to when you've got a patient on a statin. So again, remember that one, red yeast rice. Uh, protease inhibitors for HIV, uh, those can potentially increase concentrations of, of rosuvastatin. I would say generally it's going to be less than a simvastatin or torvastatin, um, but it is something to think about there. Uh, rifampin and uh, carbamazepine, they may uh, mildly reduce concentrations of rosuvastatin. So those are really the, the big ones I think about um, with rosuvastatin. Um, in general, I, I would say... Uh, drug interactions are are pretty infrequent uh, with rosuvastatin, and certainly I didn't go through uh, the all extensive list of possible drug interactions, um, but just wanted to highlight some things that I've definitely seen in clinical practice um, that may be slightly more common uh, than others there. So with that said, that wraps up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, comments are, are great too. They've um, on, on days that are a little bit slower for me or tougher to get motivated, um, sometimes I, I look at the comments and I'm really appreciative uh, to all those who have, have left a kind note and, and have found value in the podcast because um, I, I wouldn't be doing it um, if, if it wasn't for... Uh, the knowledge that I understand that, that people are benefiting from it. And, and I'm truly grateful um, for those of you who have, have reached out. Uh, it, it, it makes my day uh, for sure and, and, and helps me keep going. So again, thank you all uh, so much. Uh, leave a rating review on, on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, go subscribe to, to reallifepharmacology.com. Um, support the sponsor, meded101.com slash door. Um, all those ways you can definitely help uh, grow this podcast and uh, help keep these available for everybody to benefit from. So uh, if you want to reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can track me down on uh, LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Okay, I'm going to sign off for today. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.